Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. This week we're diving into the topic of ticks. So what do you got, Courtney? There's more than 500 species of ticks found worldwide, and currently more than 25 species of ticks have been identified in Pennsylvania. So we have four more common ones, known as the American Dog Tick, the Lone Star Tick, the Black-Legged Tick, or Deer Tick, and the Groundhog Tick. There's also a new species in Pennsylvania that has recently been identified from Asia called the Longhorned Tick. Yeah, you mentioned the Black-Legged Tick, right? Um, So we wanted to stop and talk about that one. Um, So it also is known as the Deer Tick, that's like the common name, uh, or the Black-Legged Tick. The Latin name is Ixodes scapularis. It actually goes through a two-year cycle. Uh, So let's talk a bit about each stage. Uh, The first stage is the egg. Females lay eggs on the ground, typically in the beginning of late spring, usually near the site where they detach from their hosts. Uh, Stage two is the larva. In the summer of year one, Eggs deposited in the late spring hatch into six-legged larvae, which feed once on a variety of small mammals or birds. And we'll get to exactly what the hosts are in just a minute. Uh, But engorged larvae drop from the hosts uh, to the ground where they overwinter and molt. After hatching, the larvae do not carry the tick-borne pathogens such as the bacteria Borrelia burgdorferi. Um, which causes Lyme disease, but may pick up pathogens during their first blood meal from a diseased host and transmit such pathogens during the second and third feedings as nymphs or adults. The larval stage 1, scapularis, are rarely infected with Borrelia burgdorferi or other tick-borne pathogens. In the spring of the following year, larvae emerge as eight-legged nymphs. So on the stage three, the nymph. In year two, the nymphal stage, black-legged ticks will begin to feed, and peak activity is typically from May through July. So kind of heading into that area, that stage right now. Uh, But this may begin earlier depending on the climate. This time, the nymph may transmit disease-causing organisms to humans or to wild or domestic mammals. Both the larvae and the nymphs have the potential to become infected with the Lyme disease bacteria and other tick-borne pathogens as well. Some of the hosts that you might know, uh, the white-footed mouse, chipmunks, or certain species of birds. And like I said, we'll get to those in just a minute. Um... But the white-footed mouse is the principal source of the reservoir. The white-footed mouse is the principal source of reservoir for the organism which causes the majority of cases in human babesiosis or ehrlichiosis. Going back to the host for just a minute. So the nymphs are actually uh, the size of a pinhead, um, if we're talking about size. And the host, the white-footed mouse, chipmunks, or birds. So I found a pretty interesting study which talked particularly about birds. And um, it was in the Frontiers in Ecology and Environment, if you want to look it up. Uh, and it talks about how common birds in this area, such as the American robin, song sparrow, 
Dark Eye Junko, uh, all common host of the Lyme disease bacteria, and they really help it spread. Uh, the adult, the size of a sesame seed, adult ticks feed on large mammals, primarily upon white-tailed deer. So now that we know about their life cycle, um, can you tell us a bit about how they survive? Yeah, so cold weather can impact tick populations. However, only about 20% of ticks die in the winter. So evidence shows that their natural landscape conditions and physiological adaptations kind of bring ticks a reprieve from winter mortality. Deep soils, leaf litter, and blankets of snow all offer insulation from fluctuating air temperatures. So as temperatures fall, ticks naturally burrow deeper to escape the cold. Ticks also boast physiological adaptations that allow them to overcome cold snaps. They're reputed to be able to take advantage of cell processes that decrease the proportion of water in their cells, thus decreasing cellular freezing points. And scientists also hypothesize that ticks can manufacture a cryoprotectant, which is essentially a natural antifreeze, which circulates in their cells. This is a well-known adaptation in some amphibians that inhabit colder climates. Caterpillars, too. Don't forget about the woolly caterpillar or woolly bear, however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, No, that's pretty cool. Um, Even though it's ticks, and we don't like ticks, but definitely... Adaptation. It is. And also you mentioned something about 32. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that, you know, if you dig down a snow cover, after you get down to, uh, that, you know, snowpack, you're talking about a temperature that stays at 32. It's a good way for us to survive. If we're caught out in a snowstorm, just dig down the snow. But also, that's how ticks survive. So with all this talk of Lyme disease... Let's talk about some of the ways you can prevent tick bites. I personally use a chemical repellent called permethrin on all of my outdoor clothes. You spray it on, let them dry, and they're good for up to six washes. I think, Dawn, you had mentioned you use some natural repellents as well, correct? Yeah, I did pull up some information on both, but I use uh, rose geranium oil. I researched it quite a bit. Uh, It does seem to work. There's other ones, though. Uh, sweetgrass, uh, pennyroyal, rosemary, rue, wormwood, lavender, lemongrass, citronella, eucalyptus. You can go on Google. You can look up uh, recipes for each or a combination of all the above. Uh, but you also you men- mentioned permethrin. I did pull up some information on that as well. And it's a stable or synthetic form of insecticidal compound produced by the chrysanthemum flower, which I didn't know. Hmm. Uh, Biodegrades quickly in contact with soil and water. It's odorless, will not stain clothing. Permethrin is over 2,250 times more toxic to ticks than humans. And you can put it directly on skin. Typically less than 1% of the active ingredient is absorbed into the body, whereas DEET can be absorbed at over 20 times that rate. Uh, Exposure risk of permethrin-treated clothing to toddlers is 27 times below the EPA's level of concern. Um, So, I mean, you know, there's a case to use it because the real reason why we, we did this show on ticks is because we want people to not get scared about ticks. We want them to enjoy the outdoors. 
I think so often you watch, you know, news and media, and they want to, they want to scare you. They want to say, you know, don't go outside because you're going to get bitten by a tick and perhaps get a disease. But there's a lot of things that can hurt you besides ticks, you know. So enjoy the outdoors. It's the bottom line. Exactly. You know, take those precautions, but don't let, you know, the fear of Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain spotted fever or whatever it is keep you from you know, getting outside because you'll miss out on a lot. Yep. And they also recommend, you know, it's wearing light colored protective clothing, tucking your pant legs into your socks, and then just checking yourself, your children, and your pets daily and removing any ticks immediately after you find them. And if you find a bullseye rash, you know, go get checked out, get antibiotics. Okay, so here's this. So I wear um, khakis or tan pants most of the time because then I can see the ticks. I just flick them off. Um, that's I don't necessarily see too many ticks on me, but when I do, that's how I see them. So. so if you want more information here in Susquehanna County on Lyme disease, you can contact the Susquehanna County Tick Task Force or the Lyme Disease Coalition. Okay, yeah, so we'll have that information on our website if you want to find it. But I think that about does it for this episode. I think so. Okay. If you have any questions or like more information on today's show, please contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. Or you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org. And find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and the contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You've been listening to Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. I'm Don Hibbert saying enjoy the outdoors.